Amela Ana Salinas, software engineer and host of the Women in Tech show, a show where women in tech talk about technology. Last month, I attended the MTech Digital Conference in San Francisco. This conference is organized by the MIT Technology Review, who provide excellent insight into the technologies of the future. I've been reading their work since 2008, and it's one of my favorite platforms to learn about technology and innovation. At MTech Digital, I learned about the state of the art in artificial intelligence. And one of the topics that I'm interested in is ethics in AI. And in today's episode, I talk with one of the presenters of the conference, Francesca Rossi. Francesca is a distinguished research staff member at IBM Research. And we talked about the ethical implications of AI and the challenges of embedding an ethics module into these systems. As AI becomes more popular, we're going to start seeing more debates around ethics in AI and who should be involved in defining it. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And if you want to support this show, I would appreciate it if you leave a review on iTunes or send me a tweet or a private message with your feedback at Tech Women Show. I'm here at MTech with Francesca Rossi, distinguished research staff member at IBM Research and professor of computer science at University of Padova. Thank you for coming on the show, Francesca. Thank you. So as a researcher in artificial intelligence, you worked on reasoning, decision-making, ethics, and also cognitive computing. How do you define cognitive computing? So cognitive computing includes artificial intelligence. So whatever you know, whenever you want a, a, in a, a system, a computer program, uh, hardware or software or both, to behave intelligently, whatever that means, you know, like to it could be uh, something related to the intelligence that you see in humans or some other you know form of intelligence that computer may be complementary to humans. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's AI, artificial intelligence, and it has many disciplines inside. Uh, it's a big research area where you know machine learning is one of the disciplines, but there are others that involve um, reasoning, uh, decision making, as you mentioned, uh, planning, scheduling, and many others, and robotics as well, because if you want to act physically in the world, you need to have some physical actuators, you know, some hardware uh, that allow allow you to do that. And cognitive computing is that and also many other areas of computer science and not computer science that uh, allow you to uh, take these technologies and put them to the service of humans. So to use these technologies together with humans to improve our uh, capabilities of doing cognitive uh, reasoning. And sometimes, uh, uh, you know, we, our capabilities are a bit uh, limited by the fact that we cannot uh, digest and handle the huge amount of data that is sur surrounding us. And so um, we need, you know, uh, AI systems to help us understand this data, make sense of it, uh, infer knowledge out of it, and then reason on top of this knowledge and make decisions according to what we understood out of this data. And one of the things that you mentioned is working 
along with humans, yeah. helping them, augmenting them. Yeah. Why do we still need to keep a human in the loop? Well, because humans are very complementary to machines. Uh, so there was a very nice uh, example and study in um, uh, oncology that was mentioned in some document from the White House recently, uh, saying that uh, if you take, for example, uh, the situation of uh, uh, trying to define and deploy a system, an automated system that can uh, discover uh, breast cancer, Okay. Um, and of course there are human pathologists that do that exactly that job so they looked at their you know sample and they they saw that in their setting uh, the best um, human pathologist had an error of 3.5 percent so it was very good and the best uh, um, uh, AI system uh, was that was trying to do this uh, same job had an error of 7.5%. So it was not as good as a human. Okay? But uh, if you put them together, you know, the AI system helping the best pathologist, you know, to do his job, then the error rate went down to 0.5%. So this wow. means that really the two kinds of intelligence human and the machine are really very complementary and the best uh, performance and the best accuracy and the least error you get it when you work together you know so we are really very complementary you know we humans are very good at value judgment you know like uh, decision based on our you know very long experience you know our common sense reasoning uh, we are very good at asking questions you know, and then trying to find answers, answers, but machines are less good at these things, but on the other hand, they're very good, as I said, making sense of huge amounts of data mm-hmm. uh, and reasoning statistically, which is not something that we humans do very well. Mm-hmm. So really, there is a lot of complementarity to exploit. Or what I also think is you mentioned the 3% error rate of the best experts, right? Which I'm not sure, but I Thing, there are not a lot of those experts, so it can also help. Yeah, sure. People in with fact, a twenty percent error yeah, rate. Yeah, in fact, in them. fact, you know, this technology, of course, together with humans, can help every you know professional doing better his job. And this is true when you have the best pathology, but it is even more true when you have people with less experience than the best pathologists or less uh, you know you know error rate. Uh, um, uh, than the best pathologist. So, uh, in particular, you know, you can imagine that in our um, uh, society, where you know doctors uh, receive a lot of training and have a lot of experience, so they are reasonably good. Uh, in average, you can help them a lot. But you can imagine that in a developing country, where you know doctors don't are not ex- exposed to a lot of experience and a lot of training, then that is really where you know this technology can help them a lot to make significant advances. The machine will be teaching them. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. possibly, possibly. And you're currently working at IBM Research, and I saw that IBM has a focus on augmented intelligence. How is this different than artificial intelligence? Yeah, so that's the idea that we said in this Mm -hmm. example, so that you want to augment human intelligence, you know, not replace it, because, you know, we realize this uh, complementarity, you know, that machines can do very well things that are difficult for us to do. And on the other hand, there are many things that we humans do very well and still machines cannot do. So the best comes from augmenting our intelligence rather than replacing it. And of course, uh, you know, when you want to work 
so closely, so tightly, you know, in, in, in with humans. Of course, there are a lot of things that you have to take care of. So like, for example, you know, how do you make machine uh, natu naturally interact with humans? So natural language processing and generation. Uh, how do you build, uh, uh, you know, the correct level of trust between a human and the machine? You know, uh, possibly, you know, if you have a decision support system for a doctor, again, same example as before, uh, you want the doctor over time, over repeated interaction to get to trust the machine at the right level because these machines, we have to understand that uh, have a lot of, you know, uh, capabilities, but they also are limited as well. So, for example, you may know that, you know, machine learning approaches are very, very good. They have a very small error rate, but they not assure you, uh, they don't assure you that they always get the right answer. There is always a very small percentage of error. So you have to understand that and you have to be able to recognize, you know, uh, the limitations of the machines and to get the right level of trust with the machines. You don't want to over-trust, you don't want to under-trust, but mm -hmm. you want to, you know, a reasonable amount of trust in the machine that is going to help you with its own limitation. Mm -hmm. And currently, from a technological perspective, is it more realistic to focus on enhancing human intelligence versus trying to replicate it and replace it? Well, it's much more realistic, and also, uh, uh, besides being more realistic, I think it's much more fruitful. I mean, it's, it's much more potential uh, to really, you know, advance the state of, you know, all the sectors or medicine or whatever, you know, wherever you want to apply this technology, you know, in helping humans make better uh, decision involving some cognitive aspect. So, uh, so uh, machines will, of course, uh, be able to. Um, replace humans in some tasks of their job, uh, but uh, and this will allow humans to focus on other tasks that are more suitable for humans. Uh, like uh, you can imagine a doctor, uh, I'm sure you've seen doctors that uh, spend, you know, can spend very little time in some, you know, uh, tasks that require, you know, their value judgment or their social interaction or, you know, because they have to spend so much time in other things that possibly in the future machines would be able to do. So really, uh, this helping humans uh, doing better their job and being able to focus, uh, free them from some tasks that machines can do so that they can focus on things that are more suitable for humans. And today you're giving a talk here at MTech about ethics in AI. Yeah. What can happen if AI is used unethically? What are some examples? Yeah, so the discussion about ethics in AI has to do with uh, the fact that, of course, you want uh, um, whoever is producing AI system has to produce them in an ethical way with best practices in place. So, for example, one typical example of, uh, uh, you know, uh, AI development that uh, concerned with ethical consideration is the handling of data, you know, the privacy of data, you know, who is going to see your data, Data, you know, and the, of course we know that the more data you give to a machine, and and the more this machine has the potential to help you better. But of course, so this data has to be has to be handled in a in a, in a you know in an ethical way. You know, uh, so 
there is, you know, a, a, some, you know, consideration about the ethical development of AI. But also when AI is developed and deployed to whatever scenario in the real world, you want to make sure that these AI systems behave ethically. For example, again, in the healthcare domain, if you want an AI system to help doctor and you expect the doctor to follow in his everyday profession some ethical standard, uh, like, you know, by signing the Hippocratic Oath or whatever, in every other profession, uh, then you would expect, I guess, the machine to also be able to understand these ethical considerations and to follow them and to suggest to doctors decisions or therapies or diagnosis following these principles and not you know, being unethical, you know, and, and this is also related to the fact that, uh, as we said before, this is needed to get the right level of trust between the doctor and the system. So mm -hmm. in general, you know, there are many examples, of course, self-driving cars have a lot of ethical, you know, issues, you know, uh, there will be um, uh, situations in which we, they have to make decisions based on you know, ethical principles that we will decide to embed in those systems. But in many scenarios, like companion robots for elderly people, you want these uh, robots to behave according to certain social norms, which may be cultural related, you know, specific, task specific, domain specific, and so on. And so there are all these norms and rules and values uh, that you would expect from a human and that you also now would expect from a system who, that is helping that human to behave better. Uh, and uh, and uh, maybe, you know, uh, we have also have to think whether the same ethical principles that we use for humans are exactly the same that you want to use for machines, so you want to adapt them or you want to use, you know, higher bar on the ethical standard for machines or, mm -hmm. you know, so there is a lot of discussion about that. And and then the the thing to understand is that this discussion there are a lot of technical challenges to be overcome to make these machines following ethical principles. And this is the job of AI researchers, but there is also a lot of uh, identifying the right values, uh, trying to understand what it means, values for a machine. And this cannot come from AI people alone, but it can come only from a very multidisciplinary discussion with people from philosophy, you know, uh, psychology and uh, economists, uh, you know, policy makers and so on. So from your point of view, to decide what's ethical and to encode this information in the system, you should involve multidisciplinary yes, groups? Yes, of course, and, of course. Right. I mean, we cannot decide, I mean, we meaning AI people cannot decide themselves. We can try to help with the technology to understand how to embed these ethical principles into a machine mm -hmm. uh, with our, you know, frameworks and the, the technology solutions, uh, but to understand how to identify these values and how to evaluate them, how to make machines being able to, you know, recognize these certain values in certain communities or cultures that has to come together with others yeah so you also think this should be global to some extent right 
It should be a global discussion, but then uh, I doubt that there is going to be a universal set of values that is going to uh, work everywhere and in yeah. every domain, in every task, in every scenario. So it, it will be very specific to the specific scenarios. But of course, there will be some basic, you know, standard, ethical standard for whatever domain. So uh, again, to go back to the companion robots, you will have some ethical standard, which is uh, has to hold for older companion robots for elderly people, for example. But then if you deploy this robot in the US or in uh, Europe or in Japan, probably will have to behave uh, differently because of different social norms and different ways that people have to interact with each other. Or even to a small scale, for example, some cultures is good to interrupt somebody yeah. speaking while yeah. others is yeah. not really an ethical concern, but it's... Yeah, it's a social norm, and, and, and it is, in that domain, it's very important. I mean, you have to, you know, it's... it's. Uh, I mean, it, I don't think that ethical uh, principles should only be understood as these very high-level, uh, you know, principles, uh, philosophical principles, but it can also be things like you mentioned, you know, like... Uh, uh, or even things like norms, or laws, professional codes um, that people use every day in their profession and so you want to understand how machines can follow them and when it makes sense to be flexible about them like consider I don't know a car you drive usually you do you always follow the the, the speed limit but sometimes not. I mean, apart from that, everybody goes one, I mean, 10 miles above. But uh, sometimes uh, you decide maybe to go faster because you understand that by doing that, you may avoid an accident. Okay. And that's a flexibility that you want machines to have as well, you know. But uh, you are aware what the norms are for safety. And so you usually follow those norms. Or if you're driving an ambulance and you want to get somewhere faster. Yes, of course. And earlier you mentioned adding an ethics module in a system. How can an ethics module be described in an AI system, programmatically speaking? Okay, so the idea of the ethics module is that uh, uh, it's a vision of the future where every AI system will have like a... a third-party certified modules that says this AI system uh, follows these ethical principles. And it could be a softer one, it could be a harder one if you want, uh, for example, if you're worried that it could be um, modified by somebody else and you don't want that, so you want to make sure that this is cannot change over time. Um, and, uh, and so that's the overall vision. Um, and And Really, I think that in the future, this is what we want. I mean, we want uh, uh, machines to be um, safe also from the ethical point of view and not just from the usual safety consideration that we have. Um, and we want this to be evaluated by a third party uh, and also over time evaluated by the human using that machine. Uh, so we have to understand how to put in place these evaluation mechanisms. And the machines will also evolve over time by interacting with humans. We learn and will be more ethical as the machines and will also help the human be more ethical as well mm -hmm. because machines can also, I think, uh, uh, avoid many of the um, biases that we humans have in making our cognitive decisions and also in being ethical. We are 
not very good at uh, you know transforming our ethical principles into real behavior and actions and also we are not very good at making decisions because of our cognitive bias that we all know we have uh, and some of those things can be avoided by machines so I really am hopeful that machines together with humans can make humans more ethical as well. And like you said it's important to keep this in account because for example Microsoft's chatbot Thai learn the bad behaviors from humans. So if the system had some ethics encoded, it would have discarded yeah. some of the things so, it learned. So, yeah, I think that, that, uh, that, I mean, of course, the intention of who, you know, developed that system was not to be unethical, of course. Uh, the intention was, but, but yes, that's another thing. You know, you will really have to build a machine having in mind this value alignment uh, issue. No? So you want to give the machine a goal, which I think in that case was maximizing engagement. And, and But if you only give that goal without the machine knowing anything about the ethical considerations, then the machine will follow and try to do whatever it can to reach that goal. And of course, you want to maximize engagement, being racist and very obnoxious. Yeah, it's, it's the best way to do that, to achieve that goal. But you have to make sure that the machine also consider the side considerations and principles, and so you have to reach that goal, but, you know, making sure that you follow these other principles as well. Mm -hmm. So we really have to be careful now that uh, AI systems are really deployed into the real world with real people, you know, in, in environments which are not controlled anymore, but you know, are very uh, uncertain about what happens, you have to be careful about which goals you give to machines and mm -hmm. which side constraints you specify to the machine. And what do some of the components of an ethics module look like? Is it divided in different areas or...? We haven't, we, I mean, I don't have uh, an answer, you know, a definite answer to that. I think that several people are still trying to understand how to uh, embed these ethical principles. Uh, there are some that think that, uh, you know, uh, that rule-based approaches approaches are uh, good in giving the basic principles but are not flexible enough for the real-world uncertainty. Uh, other approaches, like based on uh, uh, inverse reinforcement learning, try to observe what humans do and learn principles from that. But these are very flexible, of course, because you just observe what happens in the real world, but they may miss some basic rules. So you want to combine these two approaches. So that's where, you know, the tech, even the technical uh, the scientific discussion is going, trying to understand how to combine these two things, which, by the way, not just about ethics, but in general about AI, you know, to want to, to, to have the best results in AI, it really uh, we need to address this challenge, which is to combine these two basically different approaches to AI, the top-down, you know, rule-based, inference-based, logic-based, and the bottom-up machine learning-based. Mm -hmm. So overall, there are two challenges. One is defining the content of the ethics module, and the other one is what technologies, how, how yes, will how, we code this programmatically. Yeah. 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 And there are many other challenges as well, like, for example, that uh, you need to understand also how to put uh, common sense reasoning to 
provide common sense reasoning capabilities to a machine. We, we humans use that a lot to fill the gaps of whatever professional code or social norms of laws, you know, laws don't tell you exactly what to do in every possible situation, but you, you know, you know, by your common sense. And so still we haven't understood how to provide this to machines. And that's definitely something needed if you want to have a machine uh, that behaves in the best way, also res with respect to ethics. Well, Francesca, thank you for coming on the show. I look forward to your talk this afternoon. Thank you.